Are you getting any older? I am. And it's a real struggle to balance the resistance to inevitable age and the desire to go forth peacefully, gracefully, older and wiser. I love to bike. It's a cost-benefit exercise. The harder I push, the greater the speed and distance I can get from my workout. There is an immediate sense of exhilaration with speed, a gratification that I am indeed pushing myself. Of course, that's not to mention the very cool apparatus that propels me, the sleek beauty of a well-crafted bicycle. I've owned many during my lifetime. I started on a Red Schwinn bike, a standard American-style bike with pedal brakes and upright posture. It was swell to look at, but a bit of a monster to ride. And by the time I owned it, other kids were sporting the new English-style bikes with handbrakes, three speeds, and a much leaner look. They were easier to ride because of the gearing on them and the narrower tires, but I never had the chance to experience any distance on one. It wasn't until my mid-twenties that I finally owned a geared bike. This one, a Raleigh, with the three gears, but also featuring post brakes from a bygone era. The bike is a replica of the original bikes used by London Bobbies in the 1800s. It's a large bike with large tires. The gear ratio is very high, so it is more difficult to pedal than most. But the speed I can attain is remarkable for a three-speed, even if it's a lot of work. I still own the bike. I love to ride it around town, like driving a 57 Chevy just for show. It's still arguably my favorite. Of course, by the time I finally had my three-speed, most cyclists had moved on to multi-speed racing bikes with 18 or 21 gears, really thin tires, banana seats, and never any fenders. Speed through lightness was the formula for such vehicles. I finally broke down and bought a 21-speed model for periodic commutes to my place of work some 25 miles away. By then, I loved to cover longer distances for the exercise of it, as well as the environmental friendliness of bike commuting. The evolution continued as I acquired lighter bikes, better derailleurs, more durable frames, and quicker tire release mechanisms. Biking became the third leg of my workout routines for years, balancing running and swimming in between daily walks. Katie and I would load our bikes into our VW van and take weekend trips around the upper Midwest to try out new trails and see new areas. I found newly emerging bike trails in our area and pedaled for miles over old railroad beds and crushed rock roads. Eventually, I started to experience the malady of many bikers, the stiffness in shoulders and upper back brought about by the constant strain of leaning on handlebars. On the advice of another biker who had experienced the same sort of discomforts, I acquired a recumbent bike, one that allowed me to sit on a chair seat and hold my arms straight out in front of me, taking all the pressure from my arms and shoulders. The effects were immediate. 
Shoulder pains went away and very quickly. The recumbent bike became my go-to cycle. Until now. A few years ago, Katie and I tried out e-bikes for the first time. We were looking for a new bike for Katie, and the bike shop owner wanted us to try out something new, what he called a pedal assist bike. He explained that it had a small electric motor in the bike frame, available at the touch of a button if the rider desired a little help, like when going up a steep hill or facing a strong wind. I really resisted the idea, feeling that the purpose for riding in the first place was for exercise, and that an electric motor violated the purity of riding and self-locomotion. But we accepted his offer to try them out that day, and especially his suggestion that we take them to the big hill that went past the Lutheran Church. We knew this hill well, pushing ourselves to climb it on many Sunday mornings headed for church. It cannot be said to be biker-friendly. The effect was startling. We set the assist level at maximum and cruised up the hill as though riding on a cloud. Pedaling was required, yes, but the on-demand assist allowed us to navigate the hill side by side and without near exhaustion. The Decora Bikes guy knew what he was doing in sending us to that hill. We left his shop with a new bike for Katie that day. Katie has loved that bike immeasurably. It has allowed us to ride the Decora bike trail together at a time when a conventional bike would probably not have allowed it. She loved the ability to scoot ahead of me whenever she got the urge, and she fairly taunted me on hills. But last year with COVID's damper and this year with lessening energy, she hasn't been on the bike. And to keep it in running condition, I began riding it every so often. And then a little more frequently. Now, I ride it almost daily. It has been a revelation. The myth of bicycle purity, that the only real bike experience can be had on a conventional or recumbent bike, has been demolished. For instance, I can choose to ride the trails on Katie's bike without ever using any assist at all. And when I do, I'm self-powering a bike that weighs almost 50 pounds, more than twice as much as many conventional bikes, and requiring greater leg strength than any bike I ever rode previously. More likely, though, I can choose to move in and out of assist mode as the terrain changes, or as my legs and back dictate, or as my mood moves me. The e-bike has utterly removed any excuses for not going out for a ride. Winds have become defeated, tired legs have been vetoed, time restrictions no longer exist. A simple seat height adjustment has rendered Katie's beloved bike into my standard vehicle, or at least until she might feel like pedaling once again. And you know what? I'm not at all embarrassed about it. I can see the stares and feel the disdain from some biking purists who quickly recognize the broader frame on my bike, which houses a battery pack. 
I'm quite likely to lose my status in the Bikers Club, where stories of great distances, mountainous hills, and gale force winds are among the initiation rites of membership. But where any suspicions of tidy motors or technological assists are grounds for dismissal. But it's a membership that I'm happy to leave behind. Any enhancement that helps me to continue with fitness routines, that removes roadblocks or excuses for exercise, that contributes to maintaining strength and flexibility and durability as I move through the senior years of mine, I now embrace to the fullest. I can't afford any thinking that prioritizes so-called purity over my fitness surety. And I don't feel the least bit guilty anymore about sounding my bell when passing the purists on the switchback hill south of town. It's my way of encouraging them to keep up.